I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Must Be Hunks podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. And we also have all of the other hunks on the line tonight for this particular show. And we're going to go to, let's see, we have Mr. Nick Fiesler. Hi, Nick. This evening, we're going to have a nice little discussion about, uh, you know, what's currently going on with us and then uh, kind of our, you know, end of the year, New Year's resolution type podcast. Uh, Maybe a little Christmas discussion. Kind of go from there. Sounds good. All right. Who else we got on the line? We got Tommy Two Crocs. Tom Pennsylvania Monsters. Yellow. Mr. Troutman himself. This the steelhead uh, punk. The I'm gonna call, let's right. start calling him the, I, sal- making, the salmon nerd. I'm making an early New Year's <laughs> resolution. I'm making an early New Year's resolution that I will no longer boo Tom unless he talks about trout. Ooh, I'm gonna still get booed. Yeah, I'm going to keep booing. And I'm just going to say good evening to Mr. Owen Seaman. What's up, guys? And Mr. Donnie Swink. What's happening, everyone? Junior. All right. So, Nick, you kind of alluded to what we were going to talk about tonight. So, we've got uh, we've got a few topics to cover. Yeah. What do you guys think where you want to start? Uh, I guess I'll just give my little update. Went to the... Muskie's in chapter 16 meeting last week there. Uh, pretty cool, pretty informative. It was our Christmas meeting. Got to have a cool dinner. So if you're not already in Muskie's Inc., get with the program. Right. But uh, it was pretty cool. Our uh, club talked about the, the our minnow fund is kind of getting a revamp for this year. Uh some of the funds are going towards additional stockings instead of just buying minnows. So they're going to try to stock some historically stocked musky waters in Western PA instead of just buying minnows. And so uh, the musky stamp money covers a lot of those costs now. So it's kind of exciting. I think Keystone Lake, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's Keystone Lake or Keystone Power Dam is getting has been getting tigers and now it's going to get at least one if not two years of purebred muskies from wisconsin i believe um which which is the key that's the power that you like to fish that's the power dam well i like them both but the one that they're talking about starting to stalk again is the power dam but then they also have the little keystone park out like brian said near blairsville and i think they used they stalk that with tigers too but i don't know if they ever stalked that with peers i don't think so I did Power that Dam, the, uh, is that in is that in armstrong county yeah that's armstrong and it's I like did a big the, reservoir the stalking data set is was available earlier this week oh actually that's big news access good. and look through are you uh have you had an opportunity to like really take a good look at it what what are some waters what what interested you um, I looked into the, Donnie asked, uh, kind of earlier in the year about the Lake Erie stockings and they have been stocking Presque Isle Bay with the, I think it's a St. Clair strain muskie. Uh, I think they did it in 2018 and 2019. 
but there haven't hasn't been anything 2020 or 2021. So I'm not sure if that was from COVID or, or what. If that's uh, that's still going to keep happening or not. So that'll so, be interesting to see moving forward. But Nick, I wanted to back up just for a second to where uh, yeah. where we started there because I, I feel like we breezed over that pretty quick, and I want to make sure that everybody listening actually uh, really understands what you were saying there because I think it's pretty pretty important, pretty and exciting, mm-hmm. like. These waters that are getting stocked with muskies that you're talking about, this is happening. These are waters that were have been taken off the stocking list in recent years for one reason or another. They used to be stocked by the PA fishing boat. They haven't been. And Muskies Inc. Chapter 16 is using money that we have raised to stock these waters, correct? Yep. Essentially, with, right. we're, we're think, paying for these fish right out of the club. This is not state. This is not, uh, you know, uh, muskies stamp or any of that stuff. This is straight from muskies chapter 16 club members and, and fundraisers, correct? Correct. And uh, it's kind of cool. They're actually corroborating with, uh, I think there's uh, chapter 60 or 64 the Nittany Valley uh, yeah. Club stocks uh, Kerwinsville Lake mm-hmm. with uh, purebred muskies. And then I think there's also another another club over like the Penn, New Jersey Club right on the right over in like the Philly area. Mm-hmm. So we're they're actually all coordinating together. So that covers or the shipping is kind of divided amongst the three different projects. So that way it saves, saves all the clubs a lot on the shipping. Right. See, that that's really cool. I think yeah. anyway, uh, for a lot of reasons. And all the, all the body water, all the water bodies that are getting stocked, I think have been getting tigers. So they're just trying to throw uh purebreds in there to see if, see if they stick with the, you know, changing things. Well, my understanding was always that, you know, the, the bodies of water that were stocked with, with tigers were very specific, you know, they were, they were being, you know, stocked in those lakes for a specific forage reason, um, which is why there's a lot, again, my understanding, which is why there's so many, you know, most of the lakes don't get tigers, you know, you, you, you get just the pure strain and, and that's it. And I always thought, well, why not toss in some tigers, you know? Well, there's obviously a, a genetic, you know, an ecological reason for, for, for containing that you don't want, you may not want tigers in every lake. So what, you know, what, what's making them stock tigers in certain lakes or, or not, if you know, Nick. I don't know. I think that would be more of a, uh, probably a biologist uh, question for the fish well, I and think, boat. But. I think one of the reasons they do it too is that the tigers are sterile. They like can't reproduce. So if you stalk a bunch of tigers and it, you find out, hey, like this isn't working out, then they're going to die off. You don't have to worry about them like spot, like reproducing and taking over a lake. I think that's well, one of the reasons. I think that was. Wrong. When it comes to lakes, though, in Pennsylvania, most of our, even the purebreds aren't, aren't, uh, yeah, they're not yeah. successfully reproducing in the lakes anyway. So I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that's really the factor. Yeah. I think originally that was in, in terms of, 
I think originally that was a, a, a thing where if you were stalking hybrid fish, that those fish were generally sterile going forward. So you could, you could do it, you know, with some, I guess, you know, knowledge that it's not going to proliferate with, you know, right. uncontrollably. But I it's, think with, I think with the, the PA, you know, strain muskies, I think that's just simply that's, I think the PA strain muskies could reproduce if they, if they, uh, I guess if if the conditions were right, where tiger muskies never could. Correct. It seems like uh, there's not like a, or from my understand, or I guess from my observation, I I have no actual idea why, but it seems like if there was a body that was stocked with muskies, and it didn't meet the, you know, I mean they had like certain uh, catch per unit hour requirements for the trap net surveys. And it seemed like if they didn't meet that, then they would, instead of getting purebred muskies, they'd get tigers instead. So like if they got cut from the purebred muskie list, a lot of those waters still got tigers. But I don't I don't know the the reasoning or or anything. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if they're easier to spawn because of the, the whole pike deal or if it's something with that, but uh I, I agree with you, Nick. I've seen that. I've noticed that over the years, too. It's usually if they take something off the stocking list, it seems like they, they supplement it with tigers. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if maybe they think they're more resilient or, or not. but Yeah, that, that'd be a good one. Maybe we need to get, get a biologist on here and we could dive into that a little deeper because I would love yeah. to know the answers to that. You know, they, they stock my river here on the Ohio where I live with tigers and they've been doing that for years. Uh, I, I would prefer them to stock pure. So I'd love to know why they're doing that. So I'd like I would to get be, some answers myself. I would be really interested to have Jared, you know, to get Jared Sayers on to not to talk about like the standard stuff. Like Ryan's already done an amazing job with his YouTube channel covering it. And, you know, the other podcasts have had Jared on, you know, to talk about, you know, his specific job at the Linesville hatchery, you know, but I, I would kind of like to have a more general conversation with him about genetics and, you know, the whys and hows of you know what are the why are you making these decisions like you know we've talked to you know we've talked about the program how they've learned how to you know feed them you know artificial food and whatnot but i i would love to hear about the genetics and what jared or anyone like him knows about it uh i, I just think that would be really interesting yeah definitely yeah, there's a lot Intense. of a lot of questions. Sayers, if you're listening, in, in, in. <laughs> and then I can pick his ear about trout after you guys are done, and then we'll we'll turn it off at that point. Now I'm a nerd. We'll put the listeners through it. <laughs> well, so right, is that it from the where Nick just left? Nick just left. You heard the word trout and got up. <laughs> anything else from the the christmas meeting because i wasn't out here it comes uh other than that it was uh, uh nothing too crazy a lot of uh just you know general uh hanging out talking about our seasons um tournaments when's the lure swap? something about the tournaments yeah. there you go lure swap uh, is going to be in february Ooh. I think they're planning on doing it on Friday. 
the date isn't firmed up yet, but they're talking about maybe second or third Friday of the month. That's earlier than usual, isn't it? They did it in March last year, kind of yeah. as a alternative to the uh, since Black. the Muskie Max wasn't uh, okay, happening. Yeah. yeah. So they did it more in that time frame. And then uh, what was the other thing, Donnie? Oh, the tournaments. Yeah, yeah, some of those are they're talking about, you know, maybe altering the dates slightly depending on the new tournament directors and and whatnot. So I think all but one tournament has a new tournament director. So I'm uh, the director of the Lake Arthur tournament this year. So there's that. Donald Open Swings, Man of Mystery. On uh, tournament dates, I'm still trying to decide when I want to have it. It's typically the end of September. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to change that or not, but I'm open to ideas. If anybody wants to speak up, I mean, actually, I mean, have people have people complained about that that date? Because that actually would sort of work for, you know, for us as a group in terms of like, you know, what we what we kind of have the couple things we have planned in terms of a fall, you know, hunks weekend will be in October and going to Lake Nipissing will be in early first week of September. So anything yeah. after that, anything in, in there, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I, um, no, I think honestly, I feel like that, that date has when, when they've had, it's been pretty good over the years. You know, if, if you have a year where people don't catch, I'm sure they complain and say, I don't know why you have it this weekend, but uh, last year I feel like there was a pretty good number of fish caught, if I recall. Uh, I Is that a two-day event? But yes, yes, two-day tournament. Uh, it'll probably be towards the end of September, unless something drastic changes. But I don't see me doing that. Uh, I had thought about changing it because I knew we had talked about at the youth outing this year because the youth outing is historically well i mean it's only it was only the second year for the youth outing but the last two years the youth outing at lake arthur has been the week following the lake arthur tournament we talked about switching the tournament to after the youth outing but now i talked to joel earlier this week and he said they're talking about moving the youth outing to like the springtime so that's not even a factor at this point so well, whenever the youth outing is, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, like be involved at some, you know, to, at yeah. some level in, in terms of, you know, I'd like to give some, some, you know, small bucktails and stuff for, for kids to, kids to throw. I don't know. It's, yeah, I think that that's a great, awesome. I think that's a great thing for, for the club to do. And I, I would like to take part in that, especially with my kids. I mean, I'd like to bring them uh, to check it out gonna say Absolutely. you have a few youths you should bring your youths yeah i got tree yeah, it's, it's a lot youths. of fun uh, it, it really is i mean we did it last year and, and the weather was a, a little crummy uh you know that getting into late september early october and that's what we had talked about uh with changing it, it with the kids i mean we had it was kind of a cold day it was a little dreary but it was still a lot of fun uh the kids all got fishing lures and everything but it yeah it's it's just a really cool event it's 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 a lot of fun it really is so i'm looking forward to that again this year and i think moving it to the spring hopefully that gets uh some more fish boated and it'll just make it that much better you know 
you're going to have weather issues no matter what. I mean, I don't care whether it's spring, you know, fall, you can have a great day. You can have a terrible day. So, Hey, you can't, can't, you know, plan stuff around that. But I I think that's a great, great thing. How many kids did you guys have last year? I want to say it was 22. If I do recall, 22 kids signed up, uh, which was, you know, like I said, this only started in 2020 was the first year for it. And I want to say they had like nine. We had like nine the first year, 10 maybe. So we we had already doubled in size from, you know, in participation the second year. And, you know, hopefully we can do that again this year. We want to get as many people out there with boats and as many kids as we can get out there and go have a good time. We order pizza for the kids and all that. And it's fun. How does that work in terms of like who signs up? Is it mainly parents with their kids or is, or are these kids that are, you know, you know, just signing up to, to kind of be a part of something and learn something. It, 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 this year it was probably about 50 50 we you know some of them uh, i'd say yeah about half the people that signed up were just guys that were members of the club that you know wanted to come with their their children or whatever uh and and then we had because I, I was actually the one that was uh in charge of that you know signing taking care of the kids and making sure they were signed up and having everything that they needed and uh I had, I did a lot of like, you know, tried to push it on social media and Facebook and that kind of stuff. And and I had a number of, you know, just people reach out to me, which I thought was really cool. You know, just, you know, mothers of, you know, sing, uh, one, one woman was a single mother with a son. She just, he wanted to go fishing, but he didn't have anybody to take him. And that's exactly what I was, and, that's and what that's, I was exactly hoping to right. hear. Like, you know, our other people doing that you know like take i think that's awesome like that someone else's a single mother would would think of that and yeah i I, yeah it's awesome and that that's what we really want i mean obviously we want everybody to come you know it's it's really cool to you know have members come with their children but that's the the main goal of it what, what we envisioned when we put this together was trying to get kids that don't necessarily get the opportunity to go fishing all the time or to, to ever maybe go musky fishing or sea or catch a musky a chance to do that you know we we take it for granted i, I will tell you that one thousand percent we take it for granted um i think all of us were raised in a way that you know we had access to to i guess the outdoors and things like fishing and boats and maybe it's a canoe mm-hmm. like i was a canoe guy and my dad was a canoe guy but it is amazing and it's scary how few kids these days have access to those things and you know a lot of it is economic it's socioeconomic a lot of it is just you know how people are choosing to spend their their free time these days it's not necessarily camping with their kids anymore it's you know it's doing whatever yeah i mean there's there's a there's so many different things so i think getting kids out there because you never know that one kid that might it might spark that interest and he might go on to become you know your next joe buker or or you know uh tommy two crocs down in the down the river bobby Bear. hopefully hopefully these kids nowadays are getting raised right and not trout fishermen (laughs) (laughs) says the guy that was just out there with his trout worm on 
giggling away. Refills he, trout. I don't. I don't believe it. He was husky Boo. jerking the whole time. Boo. I can. I can. I, I got it on video. I have proof that Nick enjoyed trout fishing. Hey, I want. I want hey. No one's saying they don't enjoy trout fishing, Tom. Like no one says they don't like it. it okay. Nobody wants so it to be the more, focus of their attention. Back on topic. I want to. I want to circle. I want to circle. Does Arthur get? Like a, a hot spring bite, like some of our other re- reservoirs. That depends on who's asking. Are you putting okay. this on? No. Well, I'm, <laughs> but, I was asking in uh, regards to the moving the youth out into that yeah. to the springtime. Uh, the truth is, I, I've had uh, I've had some pretty good days there in the spring, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Arthur isn't necessarily the first lake that I think of when it comes to say a hot spring bite, if you will, but there's, there's definitely some fish to be caught. Yeah. I, I, I like that time of year on that lake for, for bigger fish too. Early and honestly more like late spring, even I've, I've had some, some good days out there. Okay. I've never actually fished the, the, the lake itself and fish the outflow but not the, not the lake okay it's a it's an it's a different lake i'll say that <laughs> but they're there i i like that lake a lot ryan knows i spend a lot of time on good old dead sea <laughs> i spend a lot of time there too these days a <laughs> in a lot of different areas I do enjoy that I've heard the term the Dead Sea used in reference to almost every musky lake in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That's the best part about it is you just yeah. say you're at the Dead Sea and nobody really knows where you're at. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I, I do want to say one thing here because you guys summed that up pretty nicely. But, you know, we've I don't know who's listening to this podcast, who's out there that, you know, might not be a member of muskies inc but what you essentially you guys recap there was you know there's a huge effort going on with the stocking you know the club contributes to in years past the minnow fund you know now we're directly stocking fish into bodies of water in the state of pennsylvania you know there's things that the the club does with veterans you know we have they haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because of covid Um, there's this kids outing which is a great mentored youth program And, you know, there's just a lot of good things that these clubs do. And chapter 16 in particular, you know, our local area club to the city of Pittsburgh and our our general area here. And, you know, I just think it's it's worth mentioning, like all of these things that you guys talked about and brought up, you know, that's a really good justification to be a member of Muskie. Even even if you don't want to go to the meetings. Um, and you don't even have to be a member to go to the meetings. You can come out to one of the meetings and just get a feel for the club in general. But like, I, I just think it's a good, you know, it's a good justification for people that aren't members to see what the clubs are doing. And, you know, it's something for them to take a look at. And, you know, that's how a lot of us met, you know, it's, we've, we've gotten a lot of days on the water between the five of us, probably, you know, the days that we wouldn't have had if it wasn't for, you know, the club or social media. So I just think it's important to kind of recap that before we move on. And when's the next meeting? Like when is the next Muskies Inc. Chapter 16 meeting? It'll be the lure swap in February. Yeah. And that's a stellar, to me, that's one of the best meetings we have. I I think 
we get a good turnout for that. Everybody brings gear out. I mean, that's a really fun time. You know, you oh, play, yeah. yeah, we've always enjoyed that one. That's the one everybody off. should go to, no matter what. Member or not, come check out the lore yeah. swap. Yeah. I used to have kind of a uh, like bad uh, I don't know what you're going like bad perception of getting used baits. And the first time I got I went to the lure swap, I I caught fish on like four baits that I got at the lure swap, four different baits that I never would have ran otherwise. Yeah, you know, I mean there was stuff. Well, I know that, last uh, year at the lure swap, some guy gave me a warped uh Booker baby depth raider and I had a bad experience there. And he's he's in this uh podcast right now, even though he just got up and left. The BDN. What, what's he doing over there? What's is, is he? I don't know. The, the dog, he me is a... he chasing the dog around or what? Yeah, the dog was ch- eating the antlers. That was <laughs> Penny. Was, Penny was gobbling some antlers over there. Yeah, I didn't think you guys would want to listen to antlers banging off the floor all night. But uh, yeah, the I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from using my choice words for all the uh, all depth raiders, but <laughs> not sure why Tom likes them. There's Tom's only a, one Tom's a big Buker, Buker guy. Yeah. Big fan. If it's not Hillbilly Clown Depth Raider, I don't want anything to do with it. Nope. I'm not going to say anything about, about you know, the legendary Jared Buker. I, yeah. I choose. You don't have anything good to say. Don't say anything at all. That, right? My uh, man can play a saxophone like nobody's business. Listen, yeah. when I need to sleep at night and I'm having a really hard time, I put me on some Joe Booker YouTube channel, and I, he is like the most soothing muscle. It is. Oh my goodness! It oh, absolutely yeah. it is. It is not like, and I enjoy that about him. It is not like this super. I'm the most extreme guy in the world. Like he just goes out there and fishes, and he does it very calmly. And he's got his own like music in the background well, that he's composed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> he will. He will put you. In a in a very good place, talking about cold front tactics, you know, it's just one of those things. Well, I could definitely use some lessons in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donnie, the cold front swing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I am the cold front. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Nick caught a cold front uh, muskie here recently. Do you want to tell the story on that? Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. First time ever fishing. Uh, live bait uh just kind of trolling around found i think the one active fish in the whole area that actually it was kind of busting some bait right on the surface and went through the area like three times and it was on the third time it hit ate Uh, the meat yep ate a ate a sucker everything went to went as planned was uh, that was first live bait fish Yep. How was, was that? True, a true that was 46. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, a real it life was 46. Fat. It was a real life 46. Yep. That's funny. They're all 46. We, they are. Nick and I got our our uh, our first live bait muskies in, in the same year. Because that was my I, I, the one earlier in the year was my first one too. You know, with an actual like you know musky style. Live bait, well, like well, yeah. not fishing about. like a minnow, not fishing like a bobber, a worm with a that's, a live, bait. that's live bait. 
I've yet to get an incidental muskie when I wasn't muskie fishing. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, Nick bailed out of our uh, Chrome excursion on day two to go Uh, catch Charlie. Yeah, it was 100% more beneficial to go muskie fishing than steelhead fishing. (laughs) I, uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. Tom Tom converted me slightly, not not to I the did. point where I want to do this all the time, but dude, it, okay, I've caught I've caught a lot. I'm not going to say a lot of fish in my life, but it, it's just crazy to me the similarities with, with windows with that stuff. Yep. Because it, it wasn't necessarily about the trout experience or the creeks or the streams. It was like some of that stuff is so similar. It's like you're waiting around and then all of a sudden just the fish start eating. Fish is a fish is a fish. I mean, it's, you saw it, you can be planted concrete boots in a spot and then all of a sudden it's just, everybody's hooked up and then no. it'll be an hour two hours. You can't do anything right. And then for whatever reason, whether it be the moon, the weather, the time, something turns the fish on and you really get to see it in settings like that. It's pretty crazy. Now, what I, I will do. say is I probably would have rather held a 46-inch muskie. But, but I what I will say is that most of the steelhead we caught had a bigger girth than any muskie you would have caught had you gone I, I was going to I was just going to say but this is a big but but those those fish are super healthy. Dude, I don't know. I had one run upstream on me and it was like it was too, it was honestly it was so much fun it was ridiculous. Now I don't I I've caught a muskie that have done that to me in the month of December, every muskie I've caught in December is just like basically flatlined in front of me and I just scoop it into the net. So it was, it was different. I'm not saying it was better. It was different. That's all the trout. That's all the trout you get, Tom. No more trout. We're done. We're done. I would like to say you, Ryan was a champ. He stuck it out in the rain all freaking day with me. Soaked through the rain jackets, uh, cameras soaked, boxes. At the end of the day, my box was full of water. I had to freaking drain, literally drain the water out of my tackle boxes. Like it was, oh. it was one of those days. I, and he I gotta, stuck it out. I got to tell you guys one thing real quick, and I didn't realize this till last night. And I, did you ever have a moment where you just you forgot about something, and when you go to open it, you realize you forgot about it because of the way it smelled? Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, well, yes. So the bait that we were using out there, apparently I had rubbed it all over my camera harness Mm -hmm. just from throughout the day, and it was soaking wet, and I shut my camera box. Oh, that'll ripen it. I opened my camera box last night, and I did, like, a solid, like, probably 17 dry heaves in the entryway. (laughs) It was so bad. It was awful. <laughs> almost, almost as bad as when the last muskie I caught this year pooped all over me, and somehow the lump of poop ended up in my like my actual toolbox. Like I was <laughs> like I was putting on a new hook, and the thing that the whole turd just fell right into the box. So I didn't realize it. Like a week later, I went to open that box, and I was like, "Oh my god." What happened in here? It was brutal. Must be poo. Oh, it was poo. It was like solidified at that point. Like concrete. Yeah. Anyway, we got off track there. Nicholas, where are Uh, we at with uh, what was the next thing on our list? I think we're on to our, uh, you know, season, uh, season recap for each of us. 
Oh boy. Anybody meet their meet their musky goals for the year? Hell no. Tom doesn't even musky fish, so I said earlier, <laughs> I, I I realized at the beginning of the year my goal last year was like I was I want to be in the century club. I want to get a hundred this year. And by like April, I just realized we're gonna set some new goals because that one ain't happening. Ryan, can we just drop Tom's feed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I can kick him out of the meeting. You I, got one. You can. You get one more trout reference. You're done. That wasn't a trout reference. It's top. It's top. Whenever hand, you hand is on the ripcord. When you set goals that are multi-species, like I do every year, it's kind of hard not to like, you know, bring something up that's not musky related. Yep. I have a goal every year, and that's to enjoy myself. Yeah, I'm proud. Are you of successful? Did you do to that appre- to appreciate every day? To appreciate every day that I have the opportunity to do something that I enjoy doing, whether or not it's productive in terms of catching a fish or not. Uh, that's literally how I am trying to look at every day because I, I think, I mean, look at where we are as a society. I mean, my goodness, like it's like the world is falling I mean, and we all have something that we like to do that is not ranting on Facebook about, you know, you know, politics or whatnot. Like this is something that's a release for everybody. And so I really like, I only caught two muskies all year. That's it. You know, but I can tell you, I enjoyed like I, it was the process of it all. It was the, the going and, and doing it, whether it's, at my at my little cabin or or you know going to canada and really focusing on it that's and i mean that like i i really want to focus on enjoying the time on the water not just being on the water because that's what musky fishermen are supposed to do it's you're supposed to be on the water through hell you know through every single you know hailstorm ice storm like yeah man i get that but part of this is also about enjoyment you know, why, why are we, you know, are you enjoying it? If you're not enjoying it, you know, I, I'm very much against doing it. <laughs> you know, if that makes any sense, even if, even if the hardcore guys might be doing it, if you, if some of those guys enjoy it and by all, you know, by all means I, that, you know, some guys get into that, but you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, this, this year was, was definitely, difficult for me in terms of you know catching but i i guess that's what i mean by that is i'm i'm trying not to judge things in terms of you know catching it's more about okay did i maximize the the free time that i had to enjoy the time on the water and maybe it caught a couple fish you know and that's that i guess that's my that's my my outlook these days and and Welcome to my musky dharma talk. That's what I was thinking about that the other day. Like the that one night you and I got out together trolling in the evening. Just need to do that more next year. I'm sure it's just a matter of time till we put a absolutely man put a system together. It is, and and that's and that's true. Where you know on a Friday evening where I'm I'm you know rushing from work and you know I'm I'm you know, kind of pissed off. Like it's, it's nice to be able to just go out and fish for two hours, you know, and, and especially, you know, to have a buddy like you, Nick, or, you know, anybody that would wants to come and and just like, Hey, let's go fish for two hours. It's not about catching. 
if 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 it's about catching, you got to fish for eight hours, or you got to fish for ten hours, or you got to fish for twelve hours. If you want to, you know, maximize your catch rate, you know, I'm I'm I guess I'm much more at a point in my life where I want to enjoy those hours on the water as opposed to maximize those hours on the water. Yep, the old the uh, the wine and cheese hour on the boats, nice yeah, and relaxing. Abs- absolutely you'd, you'd fish real well with don senior i can tell you he's, oh yeah he, he likes a relaxed atmosphere on the boat I'm all about. Good, Story. tell good, good stories yeah. good 11 a.m start with a lunch around one <laughs> call it a day by three that's what my signature move for a long time was the after work special i get out on the water 5 30 6 o'clock fish till dark that's yep. probably one of the most productive times of the day Oh, and yeah. that's where I wish I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm kind of geared to where I can go on the weekends and fish easily where I can't do that on the weekdays. I right. wish I did. I, um, believe me, there are, there are you know, Tuesday afternoons where, and honestly, Tom and I, a couple summers ago, I guess it was two summers ago, we tried, you know, there were a number of summer, you know, days where we were like, we're trying to coordinate things and, and get out the fish and i said look dude i'll come and fish even for two hours like mm-hmm. i will just meet you you pull up to the, you pull up to the uh you know to the launch ramp someplace and i'll hop on your boat for two hours and that's it you know like i'm donnie and i i hopped on his boat for a couple of hours yeah. this summer like i think that stuff is awesome i'd love to do that more often and i i want to make a a conscious effort to do that this year you know this upcoming year not necessarily to catch more fish, but more or less to spend more time, qual- quality time on the water. Hey, always welcome not, to jump on with me. Uh, not to uh, change the topic here, but does Ryan have a nosebleed? <laughs> I really okay over there, Ryan? Feeling, yeah, right, Ryan. Yeah, I got a nosebleed. <laughs> this is the fourth one today, so. You okay? oh, That's what happens okay, when you convert to trout fishing. It's all right. It's just the steelhead kicking in for the first couple now, of days. Man, my son, my son gets nosebleeds, you know, like that kind of just like out of the blue. It's all that nose candy did up in Erie, I think. <laughs> Snorting beads, uh-huh. booger sugar, <laughs> doing that booger sugar on the streams up in Erie to go steelheading all Skeen. day. You guys are gonna have He's up at like one in the morning and fishing yeah. for like three days straight. The only way you can make it to poor Richard's by two thirty in the morning. Snorting you guys are gonna have to carry on eggs. The IUP all special. Right, well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in with my uh, the goal thing. Uh, I got my notes here. Like I said, I prepared today, guys. So Jeez. I want to say uh, for when it came to goals in the past, I'd always did like you know i always set just a a regular like a goal like everybody else kind of has like oh i want to catch a you know a pb or i want to catch a 50 or i want to catch 100 muskies you know numbers goals or those those types of things but last year actually on new year's i i did a zoom call with some uh some other muskie guys that i know from like wisconsin and, and minnesota and a few other places and we were BS and on New Year's about muskies and musky fishing. And one of the guys I was talking to on there, uh, Bob Partika, he fishes PMTT. He's 
real involved in the uh, Tinseltown Muskies out there in Wisconsin around Green Bay. And uh, we were talking about goals. And I threw out, I think uh, I want to catch a 50 and I want to catch a tiger this year. And he kind of said something that really resonated with me on that call. And I, I changed my whole plans for how I approached the season after that. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. He said to me a long time ago, he started setting his goals when he set a goals for muskie season, that it would be something, not numbers or something like that, but something mechanically or something fundamentally there that he thought that he could improve on. And that then obviously more fish would come. But, and I thought about it for a minute and I was like, man, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, <laughs> that seems like a lot better goal than just saying, oh, I want to go catch a hundred muskies. Like, Hey, I want to do this better. So I, I thought about it and I decided in 2021, I wanted to try and get as good as I could at interpreting my electronics and really learn how to use my hummingbird unit you know, to the best of my capabilities. And I spent a lot of time doing that this year. And, and I learned a lot from some other guys that I fished with, Charlie Mueller, Evan Shaw's, a few of those guys showed me a lot of, you know, some tips and some different things. Andrew Arnold's another guy. But uh, I spent most of my year trying to do that. And I really think it paid, you know, dividends in a lot of ways. I, I feel really good about you know, how much I learned and how much better I am with, with my electronics. And I just think that was really good advice I got from Bob Partika. So I wanted to kind of share that with, with you guys and whoever's listening to that. I think that's a good way to look at your goals if you're going to set them. That's one too. Like, I feel like that's a great, great idea. Like the, the setting a, like a 50 inch goal is like, every, you know I mean? Everybody right. thinks about it. But it's yep. it's strictly a statistical thing. Like it's all time on the water. And what's I find it, uh, it's getting better at doing so. You know, using yeah. your electronics or something like that. That's really right. what's going to help you get improving to that your level abilities. That improves your odds. Right. That's and that's a, that's actually something that I keep telling myself. Like, oh, and if you really want to fish this stupid little body of water that you spend so much time on like you might want to learn how to really read those electronics that you have mm -hmm. and figure out what you're seeing and what you're not seeing because uh, i mean i get out there in such spits and furts uh, spurts and fits whatever uh you know i keep i don't get a, I, I don't get a lot of long amounts of time where i can sit down and really figure out my electronics i'm out there for an hour trying to you know mine i got a trolling motor issue and blah 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 but i think that's a great point like i i really think this year i want to say i want to figure out my electronics i want to figure out how to read them whether i catch fish this year maybe i won't but i guarantee that if i really learn how to read my electronics and i see and i learn what i'm seeing on my lake that it will eventually lead to catching more fish. Absolutely. Definitely. I have a weird one. And it can go with anything. I mean, like it's musky related, but it could go for anything. So if I were to ask any of you right now to like meet me somewhere to fish, how long do you think it would take you to get packed and get there? 
say we're going somewhere like right down the road from your house. Could you get there in an hour, two hours? Like, well, how long would it take you to get your shit ready? I could be the there road? in 20 minutes. Like yeah. it's all my yeah. shit, all, literally all my shit is in my shop. It is all in Plano boxes. I've, I've, that's part of what I've been doing this winter is reorganizing all my stuff. I mean, I could, I could have, and I have two rods here at home. I got, I got a box with all my tools and everything, you know, our, our previous podcast with Jeff Contreras, you know, has, you know, got me thinking like, look, you got to have a package deal. You got to be able to put on a backpack or put on whatever duffel bag or whatever you got and, and go. But I am in a position like Donnie, if you said, Hey, let's go fish Christmas day in the evening or, you know, like in the next day, I could, I could be there in, in a half an hour with rod in everything you, I need. I, I mean it like, what are you doing tomorrow? That's, <laughs> I could actually, I know dude, I've <laughs> tomorrow again, I'm in court for God's damn sake. Anyways. But yeah, not me. So like my stuff is all like tediously organized, but it's like not ready to go fishing. If that makes sense. Like I have my lures all like divided up by like brand and like some of them don't have like hooks on them. Some of them have old hooks. Like next year I want to make sure like everything is ready to go. Like at a moment's notice. I'm much simpler. I mean, you guys all most likely have 100 selections in terms of you know i can i can i have a very small selection of each each bait so i could put together a a, like a three plano box repertoire and be on the water like an emergency box that's what i need to do it's got bucktails it's got it's got jerk baits it's got you know two top raiders you know it's you're not going to have every option that you possibly want, but I could probably cover just about every application with a backpack. Yeah, right see, now, I need to I need to get a put a few together like that because where I'm at now, if I want to go fishing, I have to go like shopping through my own stuff. Like I have to pick lures, build a box, and it's like it, that's it, something like if I'm if I'm going casting, I usually I'm like using two maybe three lures, and then I got a backup for when i snag that up in the creek and lose it so yeah i i maybe take a plano box and usually one of the slots is just filled with tools and i think that's that's kind of where i'm getting to nick in a lot of ways where i've you know i'm i know i might want to throw a bucktail i know if i'm going to throw if i'm going to throw a a top uh top water i i have a top raider that i want to throw you know what i mean it's that's the one I'm going to throw. I have, you know, I have like one or two Raptors right now. I plan on buying a a bunch more Raptors because like, honestly, I mean, I really feel, you know, comfortable with that bait, which I've never had before. But I think if, if I were to put together a box, it would be, you know, a confidence bait, like a Raptor, a bucktail, a top raider, uh, you know, and it's, it's, you don't have to have a gigantic, you know, tub full of baits, which we all do, you know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, typically for me, I got all my stuff's in my boat, basically, but, uh, you know, so if I go, all I got to do is hook up the boat and go for the most part. But it when, if I'm going with somebody else, that's where usually I'll just like reach in my boat and I'll grab two or three planos. Truthfully, sometimes I don't even really know what I'm grabbing and I just, like whatever it is it is and i'll just 
fish with these baits today. Yeah. See what, see I thought you were going to say you just reach into your boat. Whatever's hooked on your hand. Can you yeah, that too. I come out with a bulldog stuck in my fingers. I'm like, well, this is what we're going with today. <laughs> Even that, though, like that's still like time. Like what I want to do is like build little boxes. Say like Ryan says, hey, let's go to Lake X. Like I can have my like Lake X box where I just I pick it off the shelf, grab the rod and I'm out the door. I don't Tom's gonna have one. Tom's gonna have geocached planos. Uh huh. Yeah. Like organized alphabetically. See, that's that's where I've that's where I've struggled in the past, and I think like right now it's like for this time of year, and my stuff is so dependent upon time of the year. Like for example, this time of year, I'm not gonna touch any of my trolling baits, any of my typical musky casting baits so i've got a box like i actually do have like a creek box ready to go like i could literally grab that and be in the car within 15 minutes and on my way just because that stuff's like segregated off right now and ready to go but like you guys have seen it whenever i fish with you guys or fish with dan or fish with anybody else i mean donnie can attest to this he's laughing right now like i always ask the question like hey we're gonna cast today we're gonna troll today if the answer is both then be prepared for 3,000 pounds of gear. Uh-huh. That's my problem is I've got these giant planos and I've got these totes. I've got all my trolling stuff like for Dan's boat. You know, I got two holders and my 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 uh, lure retriever and just all this crap that I bring, you know, on his boat, like in a trolling box. And that's not like I'll bring my trolling baits because I know more than likely we're going to troll. But like if I'm with Donnie, I bring both. Like I'll bring casting baits and trolling baits and it just gets to be a lot you know it's it's almost i'd almost rather do what donnie does and just shove my hand in a box and whatever gets stuck that's what i'm using that day you're like me you're too (laughs) organized like being organized is a good thing but then it gets to a point where it's like hindering you like hindering your ability to go fishing and go at a pinch like yeah that's what when, when i go out like in settings like that i just i just pare it down to like confidence baits almost everything i'm bringing has caught a fish or I have a, a strong feeling that it would catch a fish. I mean, Nick, how how, how many baits did we take to Canada? And oh, man. we only we many. all we, we both only fished our you know our sweet spot baits, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah. we had so many baits that just sat around and whatnot. But yeah. I mean, next I think I think obviously next year you you learn a lesson in, in terms of what you're really gonna gonna fish and gonna bring because i remember yeah, I the think... first time i went up there and i i you know i first my it was like my first musky year after i caught my like when I, my first year was i was really into it and i had you know built this beautiful giant you know tackle box with you know uh 48 you know um downspouts and it was so beautiful but it was so freaking unwieldy you know, you, it's like, where the hell are you going to take that thing? And it's like, so it, it, it's just so much wasted space. So, so now I'm, it's like, okay, I got to break all that stuff down into a bunch of different planos. And it turns out that the single planos are much easier to, to, mm-hmm. you know, categorize and, and break down. And it, I, I don't know. I mean, going, going to Canada and, you know, when you've, or I guess it would be really any place you fish for, that many hours and 
you break down that many hours worth of fishing and you look at how many baits did I actually use? Yep. And it's like, okay, I, I barely used anything. So I can Not probably pare down what I'm, Yep. Yeah, he uses them all. He makes sure to use every one of them. Ryan Reed will bring everything he owns on a trip with me, and he's going to be sure to get every one of them wet, too. Uh, I mean, that's no human possible way I could even do that. I mean, I, I bring, I might bring, like, 25 mojos out on a trolling day, and I probably run the same five all day. So I don't know how accurate that is. I do have uh, – I don't know where we're going with this because I missed some of this. <laughs> That's a good thing. So it pretty much sums up everything. Yeah, between me being sick and hacking all over everything and just bleeding out of every orifice today. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I uh when I say that I really just mean my nose. That was kind of gross, but uh yeah, so I had like six fishing goals for this year. And mine were all catch goals this year. Like typically I'll 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 assign myself like multiple goals through throughout the year. And some of these are catch. Some of them are, you know, just random stuff like you guys talked about, you know, trying to be more efficient. Um, So this year I kind of throttled this one back a little bit because I really wasn't, I wasn't sure uh, how this was going to play out based off of last year, but I had a goal this year to essentially have a banger steelhead day based off of last year. And after last weekend, we accomplished that goal. I think that one's uh, that one was a fair, again, a fair shake this year versus last year where I didn't even fish really on the second day. And I, I think it was mostly because Tom got mad at us for throwing husky jerks in his hole. And no, for catching fish with husky jerks. <laughs> and uh, what he was mad about. So I had you guys know my my nemesis lake is Chautauqua. Like I've always struggled on Chautauqua. Like we. Just never. Dan's had some good days up there, you know. I've That's had the opposite days. for you, Donnie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. My, my goal, goal. My goal for 2022 is to not go to Chautauqua. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not quite there yet because, you know, I, I and I did I spent some time talking to some people. You know, the allure of the big fish is still there for me. It's just. It, that lake just beats on me. And I don't know if it's just the depth game or what, um, but I had one goal this year. All I wanted to do was go up there on my own and catch one muskie, you know, not necessarily like, Hey, like having uh, like Donnie in the boat saying, Hey, put this 30 back or this, you know, or Charlie telling me what lures or colors or what, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want, I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to try to catch a fish on that lake to get some confidence if that makes sense. I made two trips up there this year. One, one was with Dan and I bagged a fish on that trip. So I considered that goal complete. I mean, no way, shape or form over the hump on that one, because I've only really been able to contact, like I've got one 40 inch fish out of there and the rest were like mid thirties to upper thirties. So I'm still looking for that one big bite on that lake. And that might be my goal. Um, probably not in 2022 because I really don't want to spend that much time up there. Um, but maybe for 2023, I'll make that a hard goal and spend a lot more time up there. Uh, but I had like some other ones. I had some interesting ones. Like I never caught a hundred truck trout in a year. Uh, I just never, you know, we always had our family trip one time a year and, and I never really spent the amount of time on it. And this year I did it. I got, I got over, I think I ended up with like 103 truck trout for the year. So that one was scratched off. Um, 
it was kind of a neat little one, just a different, again, change of pace. There's a lot of blank stares right now. Why does Ryan get yelled at when he talks about trout? Why is like why am I the only one that gets yelled so, at? I had three more goals. I was sleeping. What do you say about trout? Yeah. Oh god. So, my my fourth goal this year that I failed miserably, and we almost I was almost a part of one. I took Deanna up north. I'm not gonna say where to try to catch a bowfin earlier this year. And this is conversations that we've had. Well, <laughs> she hooked one, did not set the hook very well, and we lost it. <clears throat> but that's on my goal. That's gonna get that's gonna go on my goals list for 2022. I will catch my first bowfin at some point. I have not done it. I know you guys have, but I have not. That's I can put you on a good put you on a good bowfin spot. All right. Well, I behind me in my office, I have a list the fish of, all, of fishes of Pennsylvania. Fishes of Pennsylvania. And the one that's not framed is the one I mark up. And I actually put you know, dates and stuff on all of them whenever I catch a new species. So it's kind of a fun little thing I do. I don't, again, you guys probably think it's boring, but that was my, uh, that's a goal. I still haven't gotten the grass carp done. I didn't do, I didn't spend, I didn't spend any time this summer doing it. And then I fell short of my totals goal for muskies. Um, year's not over yet. If I go out maybe two times, I, I probably can hit my totals goal or come close to it, but We'll see how it goes the last two weeks of the season. So, I uh, I'd, that's my goal. I'd say, I'd say uh, I would I would tell D not to feel bad about having one get off a bowfin get off. They are like iron mouths. I was fishing one time with uh, like these big honking trocars, and they just wouldn't would not plant. I had one just like hit numerous times and. Could not get a hook into it. They are tough. Yeah. And, uh, I did. I will say that, you know how you guys hear Andy on the AZ podcast talk about his little pick rolls and stuff. Um, so the chain pick roll that I'm used to catching is like, like almost like a, a high point. Have you guys ever been to high point Lake? Um, yeah. You're talking like you can go out there and catch like mid twenties pick rolls. Like, 17 18 inch you know chain pickles well the spot that we were in i caught two pickles and they were they were probably like three to four inches long nice. oh really like super tiny and I, I didn't even realize what was going on when you know we we're using live bait but i just thought that was interesting because i've never actually seen a pickerel that small in my life they have the the black bar across mm -hmm. their eye yeah, I just find that to be a pretty cool. I got a picture of one somewhere, but I have to I have to check for that to make sure. But yeah, it, it, I don't know. That was a cool little thing because I've just you know I never really handled one that small before. But I find it interesting. You'll find those in like like up in like the headwaters of like all the lakes around here, but you never see like adults. It seems like maybe they're. Like, I know I've caught them in like like sains and stuff and uh like the the headwaters of uh edinburgh lake but i've never seen an adult in there i know there's a few species of them that like don't get very big i know the chain pickerel gets really big but i know there's yeah like there's like a red fin yeah. grass pickerel yeah, that I only gets to be like 18 20 inches yeah and you, i've seen a, those a lot in french creek and then there's uh yeah, the 
chain. Sugar Lake has a bunch of the chains. I've never caught a chain. Or I've never caught a pickerel, period. Yeah. Fun, man. It's like mini musky fishing. And they're way stupider. <laughs> I mean, if you go to high so point, it's like a pike? Pretty much. Yep. Smaller pike, yeah. They'll yeah. hit little glide baits and stuff like I down in Deep Creek. I'll use little four-inch phantoms and fish them just like musky, and they they'll follow it to the boat just like a musky. It's pretty cool. But then you just boat flip them like a large mouth, so that's where it gets kind of ah the old boat flip. Yeah. Here, that's a that's a move we like to do at the causeway. Mm-hmm. Did we get derailed? Were we talking about season recaps or were we talking goals here? No, Tom or. Uh... Ryan was going over his goals. Uh, met what all but two. Didn't catch a bowfin and didn't catch your number yet, but there's still yeah, time. I missed on the grass carp too. I was I went three oh. for six on my goals this year, but That's there's still bad. time. No, there's still time for me to get you know a couple more muskies in the bag. And and honestly, you know, between the five of us and anybody else that listens to this, we're gonna say Dan. Um, my best time of the year is the last week of December. So if I, if I tried to get out, you know, a couple times that last week of December, I almost feel like I could definitely net just that. I just need like a couple fish to, to get where I wanted my totals to be for the year. So, and if not, it's all right. Cause I didn't fish as much this year. You know, this year was, you guys know it, it was a different type of year. I don't think any of us really fished as much as we wanted to. <coughs> Got that right. So, you know, I was, I didn't feel, I don't, I don't think I came, I don't think I fished from last year. If I compared the days, I was probably down like 30, 30 to 40%. Like my, my time on the water was probably down 30 to 40%. So, you know, for what that's worth. Well, that's probably a good, uh, good way to transition into, I think the next little bullet point was, uh, season recap huh yeah seems like we're segueing right in very smooth like getting good at that part yeah so who wants to start us off there i can go first on that Uh, i'd say my season recap was uh i was overall pleased uh caught almost as many fish as last year I might be a little bit behind but uh was able to catch fish in Georgian Bay and Nipissing with Owen and uh that was awesome being able to get up there again after not not getting any up in 2020 but uh then fished with a bunch of new people got out with, uh Donnie on the creeks first right off the vet this year and Avoided fishing with Tom for muskies. <laughs> well, that's not hard to do. That's a win. Yeah. I mean, he never fishes, so. That's false. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Season recap, I'd say overall, feel good about it. Hey, Nick, what? just out of curiosity, if this is a fair question, and if you guys don't want to answer this, I was going to ask you all this anyway. That's fine. Um what would you say your top producing bait was this year? Bait? Bait, yeah. Oh, shit. Think- you don't even have to. You know my answer. 
I know casting or trolling, it doesn't matter. I was just curious, like if we're going to recap this, I think I wanted to at least mention like what our producers were. Yeah. Good idea. I was uh, probably, I'm going to narrow it down to three to be, to be that, that guy. Casting was the AZ Raptor that got it done for me. I think, I think all my casting fish were on that. And then uh, trolling were Bakers and uh, the new little five inch DKs. Got a, got a bunch of fish on both of those. Well, I mean, you want to take a wild guess what I'm about to say? Top Raider. Bingo. Top now, Raider. I, let's, I want to dive into this more. Let's like, you've talked about this a little bit. There's like a certain sound that you like in your Top Raider. I do. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I, I've used a lot of the other ones. I've used like the Lake X, not to like knock any. I'm sure they all work great. Like I've used the Lake X. I've used like the one that what's the Nightwalker, like by Suic or whatever. Yeah, used, but like, even within the depth rate or within the top raters, within some it, that you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So, so like one of the things I noticed with Ryan, with you, with like anybody is they want to fish it like peacock bass style. Like they want that thing throwing water and like <laughs> like a Tommy gun, and I, I don't do that. I but I'm saying it's still like bait to bait. Oh so yeah, yeah. Every every top raider is as productive. No, no, you no think way. There's some with with yeah, the hot get, sound. Yeah, you get some with like the sweet sound, and then I've learned too that a lot of that is like there are a couple tricks. There's one trick you can do with like your back hook, where if you shrink tube it with like two prongs down and one prong up, like the treble hook, rather than one prong down, two prongs up, you get like a better balance and you get a better plop out of it. Is that right? Because, I I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, there's no question, no doubt in my mind, this top raider that Reagan throws in Canada has a different sound, a more pop. Than all the ones we were throwing. I mean, we're we're throwing the same bait. And and, and it's been, ever since I've known Reagan now for five years, he's been throwing that exact same loon collar yeah, top raider. I think and he said he had he, like 30 fish on it or something. Yeah. And it's, and, I'm, and you can, even when he puts it on at the back, in the back of the boat, you can hear that pop yeah. where you just don't hear it on a, on a, on the top raider I'm throwing. Yeah. Is it his cadence or it's, is it, yeah, cadence is it the bait? That, another thing I realized too, is like the shrink tube on that back hook's a big thing. Like I've like replaced hooks and not shrink like i'll shrink tube them but i won't heat it up the full way and that shrink tube will kind of be a little more expanded than it should be and that prop will sometimes catch on that it won't like have as free a movement so like i'll take a heat gun and i make sure that shrink tube is like as tight as i can get it on that hook so that prop can like kick as freely as possible do you ever tweak the tweak the prop too no never i mean i've i've heard like people say they do and i've heard people that say like keep your hands off it like do not ever tune that prop because well, that's you li- but you listen to you listen to one that is you know really popping like like nick the, said though like that's Reagan's. like the, yeah that's like the lot cadence too it's all about that speed man i mean they'll make a lot of noise if you go fast but if you can find that zone like going slow where it's clicking but he fishes like right. he fishes his he fishes his a hell of a lot faster Huh. Then I mean he fishes his very fast. Well, you said he I, caught a lot of fish too. It could be that it takes on a little water, maybe rides a little deeper, like it rides a little lower in the 
like yeah surface. oh he's he's definitely one of those type of guys in terms <laughs> of uh, i mean he's he he loves these leos the leo jerk baits but it's not until they've been completely yeah. worn away by the hook rash so that they start to take on water that they're that they yeah. get the buoyancy that he wants so yeah maybe yeah. it is with no i, like, I that's agree just a what it is about that bait yeah that you got to find that sweet one like for me it's that one i, I call it the squirrel because it's the squirrel pattern mm-hmm. there's just something about that bait that they hate those fish man i don't know if it's a specific sound that one makes or what or if it's the confidence i have when i'm using it but that one just seems to do the job when the other one probably won't. a combination of of everything mm-hmm. you know, you, the confidence you, you're putting it in the water you you fit you have a confidence in the way you work it and yep. that works yep what about you dog totaled what was the hot lore of the year Whoa, what was that uh, a little uh, gas that was a little uh, gas coming out murder <laughs> 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 Tom Tom got too excited talking about his depth rate. Got depth all, rate. I got all juiced up. Oh my god, Joe Booker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh all right. So uh most productive baits. Trolling, definitely meatballs and mojos. Shaw's bait company meatballs, Evan. Those, those meatballs were killer for me this year. Evan hooked me up with a number of them. And I, I mean, those things just catch fish. I got, uh, I've been thoroughly impressed. Uh, and same thing with the mojos, the Leopardi mojos. I think we've all caught fish on them, but uh, that was definitely uh, a lot of fish this year on the mojos as well. So those were by far my two, best producing trolling baits and casting shallow invader which is not anything new there but that comes back to a confidence thing i think too just like tom said i mean i spend a lot of time casting shallow invaders so obviously i'm going to catch more fish on them but yep do you ever uh do you ever mess with the the like tail the second hook on those you you like yeah you mean like adding Adding like uh, a, added a solid wire, and, and I've made a trailer hook. I've done it. I have a couple that are like that. Truthfully, I have. I know people complain about the hooking percentages on the shallow invaders and everything. I have not had a lot of issues as far as hookup percentage goes. Uh, anybody that's casted a shallow invader knows how their hooks get tangled in each other because they're so close. That's the most annoying thing about it to me and why I've done it. Um, but I don't like to spend that much time to mess with it. You know, I'm one of those people it, it's, it's bad at times, but like when it comes to that ta- tinkering with tackle and stuff, like if I have time to do that, I usually just hook my boat up and go fishing. <laughs> you know? yep. So, but like, Oh, I, I, I can, go out in the garage and do this and then i go out there and i'm like well i might as well go fishing if i got enough time to tie uh trailer hooks on shallow invaders i do it to all of mine just for something to do when i'm bored doug wagner put out a video on how to do it so i call it doug wagnering my shallow invaders yeah it, it, it definitely it definitely makes a difference as far as not having to deal with 
tangling hooks, if nothing else, which yeah. is, can be really annoying with those baits. That's for sure. And Owen, I guess your hot bait was the Raptor. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, dude, I didn't have a hot bait this year. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I mean, not at all. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't even catch enough fish to, to say I had a hot bait. So I can't even really be a part of the conversation next year. I, that's part of my, uh, my, well, my you goal could look at that in a different. You could look at that in a different way because you fished, but the fish you did catch, maybe the, was a special bait, you know? Well, I mean, I did get a 50, you there know, you it's, I got two fish and that one was a 50, 50 and a quarter. So, I mean, it's in terms of maximizing your time on the water, it's hard to say that I didn't do that. Uh, but that's kind of how I, I draw things up these days is, is kind of, you got to maximize your time on the water and Donnie, you're going to be, you got a kid coming a kid on the way. Just wait, man. Like, the, your things change and one and two and man. no 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 it's not about <laughs> scaring to be perfectly honest with you it's 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 about realist you know the the realistic aspect of things is like as life changes you know you have there are times in life where you can you have a lot of freedom and then i'm at a point in my life where i don't have a ton of time to go out and just musky fish but yeah i'm trying to put myself in a position where let's say five years from now when I do have, if I do have some more time, like I am going to be in a position to fish because I'm going to, I want to, I want to, you know, have the, the knowledge, the background, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm fishing enough to, you know, to, to learn things during the year. But and when, when I can, when I, when I have a week that I can go to Canada and maybe this year, I, this year, honestly, I, I want to possibly even take a month and go to Canada and just just fish for a month i really want to i i swear to god i think i've mentioned this to you before tom like i i have plans in the next five years to possibly you know take 90 days and and go write a book like time on the water by bill gardner where you know it's just my life is so crazy and so hectic with three kids and my law practice and everything like i'm just convinced that i need to like have this complete and total break with uh, you know, with, with everything. And, and that I think that I could, I don't know. I really do. I, I really, I want to go and I want to, I want to write, I want to, you know, fish and, and do something, you know, more than just the weekend warrior type of, uh, you know, what I'm doing right now. But, you know, Hey, I'm 44 right now. By the time I'm, you know, 54, maybe I'll be in a different position and I can, yeah. you know, you fish some time yeah so right now it is what it is i gotta concentrate my time and in the last five years i've got a 54 and a 50 in the in a quarter so i i have to think that i'm at least doing something right in terms of what how i'm maximizing my time and i plan on doing that again this year in the same way and uh and you know hopefully it'll it'll result in the same type of results sorry i missed a lot of that because of uh nosebleed number two (laughs) yeah i'm getting my butt kicked over here my son we were basically we were doing the uh hot bait 
topic that you threw at us and we all pretty much went through it. So it comes back to you at this point, Ryan, what was your hot bait for the year? Um, well, I, I would say, I mean, you guys know that I think most of the people that know me would tell you that my, my top two lore producers for this year would have been the Leo Mojo slash mags at number one and the legend perch bait at number two um i feel like if i would have run the perch baits a little bit more in the summer they probably would have got hit a little bit better too um but i'm just gonna say this i don't know why anyone runs anything but perch baits if you ask me (laughs) i mean i I told you guys this story like donnie and i were out in the spring and this was like you know, essentially in the heat of like short lining and we were having a really tough day. And I literally just put that perch bait three feet of line in the, in the, in the prop and it got eaten, you know, in two and a half feet of water. So, you know, these fish are going to eat those baits throughout the year. You know, it's not just a bait that's going to work in, in, in fall or summer. I mean, you can run those perch baits and I, I would be curious. I mean, after really seeing like Evan's plows and stuff, like I've never really touched one i've seen them on the wall like marks you know and stuff but i never really like held one i got to hold a plow i mean that's a pretty freaking big bait you know like that thing like those Nick, things are you huge. One, like you are so much hanging. bigger than a normal perch bait i mean it like to, to think that you know most 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 baits bait makers it goes like incremental you know okay slightly <laughs> bigger slightly yeah. bigger i mean the perch bait anyone if you threw a perch bait to anybody yeah You'd be like, oh, that's a big bait. But then you put it next to the plow and it's like, holy cow, that perch bait is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's, yeah. I just feel like that, that perch bait. The perch bait perch is pop. a big bait. Look at that. Like yeah. 14 inches, something like that. So I just feel like that's a, that's a profile that'll work all, all throughout the year. I mean, it, I've caught fish on it this year. This is the first year I've run them. You know, I, I bought my first one back in February of this year. And that was mostly, you know, I knew Brian Boyer existed. You know, I talked to him a number of times and I've just always wanted to get into running them just because, well, I mean, they're, they're, they, they are what they are. They're legendary baits. I mean, you guys know the history. Um, and if you don't know, you just have to look it up. And there's a lot of big fish taken on those baits throughout the year. So, so I got, uh, you guys will be interested to know that my dad, has taken a little bit of an interest in uh, possibly building some musky baits. So, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. This is the, that's right. This is the guy that built his own airplane that has built multiple canoes. Uh, he has taken a bit of an interest in building. So, I actually sent him the the Frettold, um the video that that I sent you guys, which which is a great just a, just a really interesting video on how he builds a wooden bait. And I was like, dad, take that and just kind of like, you know, what do you think of that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I could do this. I could do that. I can, you know, we can do this. I'm like, hey, you're the you're in charge here. I said, let's let's keep it about seven inches and uh, let, let's see what we can do. So I'm waiting to see what what Big Rich comes up with. It's going to be insane. Get me on Big Rich Pro Staff right yeah. now. I want first pitch <laughs> on that. I want, I want a piece of this. I want I want to buy some stock in, in this program. <laughs> Each floor is going to come with its own plans on how to make exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't messaged Tom yet. Tell him he needs a, an emblem for his business. Uh-huh. 
By the way, by the way, Tom, I got to tell you, you know, you you made Big Rich happy. He's he, he was very pleased with the with the work that you gave him. That's all that, that makes that makes it all worth it. Absolutely, the Big Rich stamp Absolutely. of approval. <laughs> so where are we where do we go from here? Well, what uh, any goals uh, for this cop coming year? I'm, I think I'm going to try to go for the 100 again, and I'm going to take it serious this time. Starting January, I'm going to be out there with Mr. Reed on foot. Granted, he doesn't die of whatever he has right now. We're going to be out there on with our waders and our Crocs on, and I'm going to get going on it. I want to catch are you gonna Are year. you going to log them all in Muskie's Inc. and go for the belt? Nah, I don't know about all that. What? I'll log them in the Book of Tom just for my own satisfaction. So that's that's a – Fiction book. And then I'll have a hundred uh, private YouTube videos that nobody will watch when I send them the links in the group message. So what Tom is saying is there's no steelhead fishing in 2022. He's oh, got- there is. There will be steel, but we're going to we're going to take Muskie a little more seriously. That's a good thing. My goal this year was to just enjoy. Oh, I said that last year. I want to enjoy all the fishing that's around my area. And I did that. I got out for the suckers when the suckers were spawning. We caught some big 30 inch red horse suckers and stuff. Didn't get on the pike, got on like everything else I wanted to get on. But now next year I want to dial it back and I want to get my hundred in a year just to like say I did it. So is there anything else you wanted to uh, bring up as far as your season recap, Tom? Like, man, no, I mean, I got my first tiger with you, and it was yeah. a real doozy, too. It was a real monster, all of 25 inches, maybe, but we caught it. Hey, we did it. We set a goal, and we went out. And we, we did. did and I said last year, I'm like, hey, I want to catch my first tiger this year, no matter what it takes, and we got it done. It wasn't the one I was expecting, but it counts, and we did it. Next year, we'll get a bigger one. We will. And other than that, man, it's just it's been fighting the way. I feel like – the last year I lucked out and every trip I went on, like our hunks weekend, when we went to Erie, it was always like beautiful. Like you couldn't ask for better weather. And now this year it's like, every time I go fishing, uh, we're just fighting the elements. Like mm-hmm. our Canandota weekend. I mean, me and Donnie, we fish in a tornado warning, like me and Ryan, we go to Erie <laughs> and we're fishing a downpour all day. Like I go to deep Creek for a week. It's raining all week. Like it's just, it was a battle in the weather all year. And that made it tough. For me, because I, I, I buy all the nice rain gear and I like talking about my nice rain gear. But when it comes time to like put the rain gear on and go fishing, I'm like, eh, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm hoping maybe next year get luck out a little more on the weather side of things. Yeah, this year, I mean, I think a lot of people just the weather was really inconsistent this year. It seemed like. All season, yeah. we were waiting for some stable weather patterns that just never really seemed. Oh yeah, it up. it's still up and down. It's going to be like five degrees this weekend. I find yeah. it interesting, like the inconsistency of the fishery this year wasn't nearly as like steady as last year. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was That's like region wide. It wasn't. I honestly feel like that was probably the weather. I mean, I feel like that was part of it because when we, you guys remember back in spring, like we're, I'm talking like April, we had like, yeah, like 70, three, 80 degree days, three days. And we went up to like 78, 80 degrees mm-hmm. April. 
and then it dropped out. Snowed for Mother's Day or whatever. And it's been like that here all year. I feel like it's just been so up and down. We haven't had, and the thing is, like, this is my time of year to find that consistent weather day, like that third or fourth consistent weather day. And I just haven't really, I mean, I haven't really seen it. You know, I looked at, I looked at the weather the last couple of weeks and temperature wise, I mean, it's not what I want to see for, for my creek fishing. So I think it has a lot to do with it. I can tell you they're not all dead. Uh, I think they're all dead. At least the ones in Chautauqua. Oh yeah, definitely. Table fair. How about you next season recap? What do you got? I'd say uh, overall went well. I know Donnie hates Chautauqua, but I unfortunately only made it up there once this year. Hooked two, lost them both. One was a real nice fish, but uh, that was where we got all our best fish in 2020. So I'm hoping to get up there more next year. Just need to make sure to do it. I do have plans to get out with Vance. Uh, next year at some point so looking at a fall trip with vance so i'll be up there at least once vance swears he's gonna find a way to break that black cloud chautauqua black cloud that i uh i carry with me but that was one thing uh like i i too was a a victim of the chautauqua black cloud for my first year or so going up there and then we went out with Vance for like an evening charter. And that kind of just seeing his program kind of put it all into perspective. And we we sealed the deal the next day. We went up on our own and yeah. caught two. And we, we had like a streak of uh, every weekend we'd go up for a morning and catch fish every time. That's always fun. Yeah. You know what else is fun? Eating lunch at the casino. Mm. Tater tots. I've yet to be what? there yet. Okay. I, I don't, I've at the casino up at Chautauqua? There's a restaurant. Venus Point Casino. Yes, yeah. there's a restaurant huh. called the casino. And you can these guys always try to tell me to get tater tots and Rubens and all that stuff. And I go up to Chautauqua and I go there, and usually I'm I'm in this mindset of it's me versus this lake that I can't stand. And I, I refuse to even stop for a minute to eat a uh, lunch because I'm just out there trying to make this lake pay for all the misery it's put me through over the years. You have to and get in the pleasure boat. Then I end up going home hungry and musculous. <laughs> you can't go home hungry. you got to at least get your thoughts. Um, See, yeah. my, my trick is always uh, stopping at Hogan's Hut and getting the, uh, the Cuba cheese shop. Uh, Mm-hmm. cheese curds i know what you're i've hit those up i think vance actually told me about those somebody did might have been todd and i uh i got a bag on the way home the one night they are good also while we're on the topic of food i know where this is going there's a particular brewery out there too that might not oh, be a bad idea to hit there's a couple there's a couple good ones elliot cottville and Southern Tier. So, yeah. guys like beer. They do have a good whiskey up at Southern Tier, too. I heard you're not allowed to drink the dark liquor. Yeah, no. 
I can uh, I can recap my season though, um, and just simply say that my musky year was basic. You could sum it up by by saying one statement or two words, and that would be missed opportunities. I feel like I feel like this year, based on the amount of time I fished, I really needed to capitalize on opportunities that I had. And I just, quite honestly, I just lost way too many fish this year. I mean, I probably could have, I probably could have netted or at least boated. I don't know. I feel like almost a dozen or more fish that I had on and lost at the boat this year. So I don't know. I feel like it was a good year for the amount of time I spent, you know, and in, in the bodies of water that we're fishing. It's not like we're driving four or five hours, you know, one way to get to a lake um you know but two hours two and a half hours you know for the amount of miles i put on the truck like i would say it was a good year i just i feel like i wish i would have been able to capitalize on just a handful or at least half of those and convert those into actual boated fish versus lost so the so, question is is what like what what was it about those fish that i mean what can you learn from those situations were those fish that you lost in figure eights or didn't keep them pinned or you, you let them come up or what no, I think most of them were trolling fish. And I mean, if you guys go back and look at the footage when I was with Doug, like for example, one of the things that I caught myself doing, particularly on that charter, we lost like three or four fish at first trip um, in like good quality fish, like upper, you know, like above 40 fish. I'm not going to say, you know, bigger than that, but one of the things that I realized I was doing this year, particularly with the trolling rods is I wasn't holding tension on the fish as well. And a lot of times I, like, if you, if I went back and I looked at that footage, I could tell you for sure that I didn't have the rod bent and it was more of like a line, like the line was tightened. You know, you can see the, the slack in the line when the head, when the fish shakes its head, there was not, there was not enough tension and pressure on the fish. So that was one thing I took away from this year. You know, I just got to remember to keep pressure on the fish and not, you know, let slack line because that, that, that was one thing. And then I just had a couple of, of fish that honestly just missed. I mean, we had um, like when I was with Vance, we pinned a really good fish on a DK and, you know, I literally it was it was like five feet from the boat, like almost to the point where he could net it and it just popped. And that's because the fish jumped, you know, the fish ate the bait it just, the fish went airborne and that happened to me several times this year. I don't know about you guys, but this year I saw more muskies go aerial than I've ever seen in any other year. And I don't know what it was about it. If they were just, you know, like some of those piney fish or wherever we were at, like I saw it at Arthur too. I saw it other places. Like it, it's just wild that a lot of those fish wanted to just go straight for the aerial acrobats. And that was it. You lost the one out with Donnie that day like that. Well, he I think it was your fish at the very end of the day. We got it on video yeah. coming up and free Willie in and gone. I lost that. Yeah, that was the last one of the day I lost. And honestly, I went back and looked at that both of your guys' videos. And I feel like that fish was bigger than what I thought it was. Looked that a little day. bigger. <laughs> uh, I don't fish. think it was a giant, but looking at it jump on the video. I feel like it looks closer to maybe a, even possibly like a mid forties yeah. type size fish. And that day I remember thinking it was, you know, maybe 40 and just kind of brushing it off. But you also, it, it's hard to tell when those 
those pictures or in the videos, but yeah. it, it looks bigger in that video that Tom put out where he slows it down and you can really see it jump. It looks thick. It's a thick yeah. one. I'd blame Tom for that if I were you, Donnie. It's my I'm fault. I'm pretty sure really. it was his fault. Sure. I can't quite remember what he did, but it was definitely Tom. I cut fault. the throttle. He, he said something about trout, and I got all distracted. And yeah. Uh-huh. Filled with rage. Yep. Yeah. I will say that I think my my favorite fish from this year, um, quite honestly, I feel like it was probably – the deep creek pike that i caught because that was on our anniversary trip and honestly like we didn't really fish a whole lot um and it was just a cool like moment for dan and i on the dock that night and that was probably the biggest one i caught there so i feel like you know even though it wasn't a musky you know it wasn't a steelhead it wasn't you know a trophy bluegill like they have down there but it was just one of those like special fish that i'll probably remember for a while so It was uh that was a good one. Let's talk that. What's what's everybody's favorite fish from this year? Donald. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like uh, I just um, win, so favorite fish from this year. Whew. Well, uh, I have I, I guess I would probably go with because I have this in my notes for my season recap here uh one fish that kind of stood out to me is uh a fish that i got the second fish i caught of the year this year was back in early march it was a 43 inch fat fat river muskie that i caught i was by myself it crushed a shallow invader uh just a, a really really strong fish it, it was uh it was a fun I, I i did get it on video too it was just a cool little battle with this fish netted it myself obviously brought it in the boat not uh, just just a really gorgeous musky and i released perfectly and and then it ended up uh getting put in the uh muskies inc magazine later on in the year so that fish picture got put in the magazine which was pretty cool too so that was a a special fish and i would i would say that one was probably my favorite of the year as far as uh muskies go but uh i mean there there were quite a few there's a lot of good experiences and stuff obviously but yeah that that was probably my favorite fish oh yeah what about nick what's what's your favorite from this year um that's a tough one. I'm gonna say it was Owen's fifty and a quarter and Nipsey. Oh, someone else's fish. Yeah, that was Ooh. cool. Especially after we raised a couple giants and then to catch one, it was very, very rewarding. Jeez, what a what a purest move that is. What what a kind of funny because it's kind of funny because I was actually gonna say that the the favorite my favorite fish from this year was the one that Nick caught when Aww. it was just he and I. No, no, I'm serious. Like when it was just he and I, <laughs> not not like a, it wasn't a big fish. It was you know it was just him and I, you know, up on Nipissing, and you know we we tucked behind this this bay, and you know I mean we're we've been fishing with Reagan for at least a day or two, and so here we are on our own trying to figure it out and do it on our you know you know take what we've learned 
in that short amount of time. And, you know, we position and Nick got a, Nick got a muskie and it's actually one of the favorite muskie pictures I have from this year, which is a, you know, the, that the Nick's fish just, it just had this beautiful coloration and the, the picture that we got it, like the way the picture looked against the background. I, I mean it like that fish was just kind of like, it was like, Hey, you know what? If we went up there, like it, I know Tom, you bust my balls about fishing with Reagan and whatnot because he's a guide, but you know, that was kind of like one of those things where, Hey, if we went out there and just had to do it on our own without any, you know, guiding, so to speak, I really think that I really, really, really think that the group of us with what we know collectively about musky fishing and what I can tell you about, you know, I guess let's go fish these areas up there. You know, I think I can probably put, put us on a bunch of fish. And that's what made me happy about being with, you know, Nick's fish was it was like, okay, that was kind of taking the knowledge that I've gained over the last couple of years over this area. That, that was not an area where I had ever seen a fish or caught a fish or I'd ever even fished. It was yeah, just an just area cut, that it looked good and saw good weeds. Yeah. And... and it was like, wow, man, this place, this place just looks good. And sure enough, there, there was. So that's, uh, you know, that's, I think that's probably my most personally, my most memorable, memorable fish. I mean, yeah, the 50, the 50 and a quarter was, was awesome. I mean, I, I love that, but you know, I think there's a difference between a trolling fish and a, in a casting fish, just in terms of your memory like like mm-hmm. what it evokes yeah. in terms of you know like you remember your buddy saying you know fish fish you know and, and like you're grabbing the net and it, so that, i guess that was a, a wild day too there, like, it was man we, an like, inch we, of man, hail at one point oh yeah we got that huge hailstorm and remember we were fishing that one point where we'd fished with reagan a couple of times and i swear to god like i've never felt more fishiness like i like we've nick and i both kept saying like we're gonna get a fish here and of course we didn't but it was it was like something where i actually remember that point of like the current because the wind was coming up so hard and it was whipping around this point and there's this weed edge like dude this is literally like (coughs) 500 yards from reagan's property where this particular spot was it's like the first spot where, where we hit in the mornings when we go out with him and Nick and I were out there and the, the wind was whipping around this corner and man, it just felt like we were going to get a fish and, and we didn't, but it's, that's, that confidence is what makes you keep going out there and keep wanting yeah. to do it. And man, I, I can't wait to like, I can't wait to get back up there and hit that spot again next September. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think mine was probably my one with old uh, Charlie, the Janitalia expert, because we he last sexes, year, he sexes them all. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> last year it was the same. It was like I think it was late October. It was either early October or late October. The same exact day last season on the same exact spot. I caught a fish about the same size night fishing, and I didn't hit this spot all year didn't even look at it once and then it got to be that same day and i looked at my calendar and i was like hmm maybe we'll just for shits and gigs we'll go down there and we'll try it out see what happens so i called charlie and he met me down there and sure enough almost to the hour at the same spot a year later i ended up bagging like an upper 40s fish 
in the pitch black on the Mon River. It was, it was just really fun getting them like that. I mean, it's a crazy environment. You're out there in the pitch black. You got barges like 20 feet away from you coming by. You can't like see your rod in your hands. It's pretty wild stuff out there. And then when Charlie netted the fish, he proceeded to net uh, every loose bait that was on my deck. So we have this fish in the net with my bucktail in its mouth. And there's a toad, a swimming dog, a couple glide baits, a couple suics all hanging out of the net in the water. And he's like, I think you might've lost a couple baits. And at that, I was jacked up. I didn't care in the video. I'm like, I don't care, Charlie. I'm like patting him on the back. And sure enough, we didn't lose one bait. We got that net back in the boat and all like 12 baits were still hanging in that net. like <laughs> So it, it worked out perfectly. That's that was awesome. probably my favorite. I don't know if it was the biggest, but it was definitely like the most intense and the most special. Just being in the pitch black in the middle of the river, like fighting a fish like that with yeah. nothing but your headlamp. It's fun. Can I say, can I ask you quite not a question, but can I say something? Yeah. My uh my favorite Tom moment from this year oh, is, God. The, is the picture that we received after he fell off the slow. Which one was with what's the picture? <laughs> You were with Tanner. Uh -huh. and you, you fell off the slow. And I just remember seeing like you sent the video of you falling off the slow. And I just said, like, I just remember seeing like a picture at some point of just like one of your crocs still oh, yeah. still in the water. Yep, floating in the lake. Uh, that happened. We we got we got stuck in a little bit of wind. And if you know, we were down fishing Stonewall Jackson Lake. And if you've ever been there, it's like a stump minefield. Like there's a bunch of standing timber and it comes up just to that sneaky zone right below the surface where you can barely see the tops of the stumps. So you're pretty much on the trolling motor all day. So we're back in a stump field fishing and it's right before a storm. The wind picked up and we start drifting a little faster than usual, maybe like two mile an hour drifting along in the wind. And I could see a stump coming up and like trying to be like the dad. I'm like, hey, Tanner, get like brace yourself. We're about to bump a stump. And no sooner did I say, like, get ready, than we hit that stump, and I, like, got ejected from that boat. I did, I did not know two miles an hour could feel like that. Going from two to zero, I mean, it ragdoll. It threw me off, threw the rod. I mean, I got back in the boat with everything I went in the water with, but it was, it was like, violent. You like, got ejected at, like, 20 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it was, it was to, like, literally two, three mile an hour, and it's threw my ass out of that boat so far yeah so nick's been there oh yeah you fall in oh yeah i've been i've been uh ejecto seated before oh boy this year no that's been uh, a while oh, darn well mine was this year so that's i guess that's a highlight of my season getting thrown in stonewall lake yeah who else didn't go yet? Uh, I didn't really do the the season recap yet. Is that that's what is that where we're at? Is that what we're no, doing? You can, do, you can do that. We're we're jumping. We're around. skipping around. I don't really know what we're doing at this point. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> we're skipping around again. Do your season recap. My recap might be a little bit long winded, but I'll try and summarize it. But, you know, obviously I got to spend probably, although this year I spent less time on the water than last year, I still probably, I would 
guess fished more than everybody else here out of the hunks at least musky fished anyway tom might have me in trial but i think i win there <laughs> but that uh, does not count <laughs> yeah so I, I went back since we were talking about doing this i went back and i was looking at pictures today and kind of like trying to you know really recall the whole season because it, it all kind of starts to come together and especially these last two years because again last year i got to fish a lot as well and it's kind of been one long season if you will but uh I caught my first muskie this year in on January 15th. So that was basically what I would consider the beginning of, of this season. Uh, so that was the first time muskie fishing in 2021. I went out with my buddy, Jesse Smith. We caught two fish that day, two muskies. And I think we caught like three or four pike as well. Uh, all live baiting. And that was the start of the season. That was an awesome day to kick off 2021. And then, like, basically right after that is when everything started to freeze. And uh, I did some ice fishing, was able to get out with uh, my friend Jesse again and, and Joe Fazio, who has a YouTube channel as well, Crappy Crushing TV. If anybody doesn't know of Joe, he's, he's an awesome dude and a friend of mine. And we went out and slammed some pike on Lake Arthur last year in February, ice fishing. And uh, I also caught a PB largemouth that day, ice fishing for pike on a little sucker, which was pretty cool. Six and a half pound largey out of Lake Arthur. So that was, that was definitely a season highlight for me, PB uh, bucket mouth. Um what else? I got to go walleye fishing. I wanted to throw this out too, because this is another PB that I broke in 2021. I also caught my PB walleye with my friend, Rich Mangus, who has voodoo guide service out of Lake Erie. He invited me out to go walleye fishing in Ohio, out of the Ohio side of Lake Erie, early season still. This was in March, I believe. If not, it was early April. Um, and I, we went out, he had a couple of other guys with him that are guides from St. Clair, Mark Kornowski and, and Mike Ducci. A lot of you guys probably know those names. They're musky guides from Lake St. Clair. But the four of us went walleye fishing and we just had a, an awesome day. We caught multiple eight pounders, which I caught an eight. I, I want to say, I, I believe it was eight and a half pounds. Uh, walleye which is my personal best walleye as well so I broke that this season and then uh, what else did I want to touch on did you get any monster uh, sheephead while you're out walleye fishing you know we actually didn't we didn't catch a no? single sheephead that day it was they might do they might do something different in the cold cold yeah. months yeah I mean I, I believe me I'm far from a walleye expert I can tell you that uh, you know, I was, I was definitely, I felt very, uh, what's the word undereducated or, or underclassed on that trip that day. I had a lot of fun, but I was with, you know, three guys that are like, you know, full-time musky and walleye guides that really that is a, stuff. It's a wild, just uh, kind of sat there 
so the wild fishery on the not to say anything dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, Ohio side of Lake Erie there gets it's pretty crazy out there. Yeah, Bunch of ice ice fishermen out there for walleye and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that was that was a lot of fun. That was uh the first time I'd ever really walleye fished like that. I mean, we were trolling. Um, I have done some trips where we've done some jigging and some things like that, but I've never really trolled for them like that. Man, we had th- that was just an awesome day, and uh, you know, so I definitely wanted to bring that up. I don't know if Rich is listening, but Rich Mangus, I still wanted to thank him one more time for inviting me that day because I learned a lot, and that was just definitely a highlight of my year getting getting to do that and get out with those guys and just talking to him and we caught a bunch of walleyes to boot so it was just a, a lot of fun but uh obviously I, I the musky battle was another big uh big thing for me this year um i didn't catch anything but pike but that was just that was a fun fun little trip and event we talked about that when jeff was on here so i'm not going to sit here and talk all about the musky battle again but i had it on here's part of my season recap um i chad Harmon. that was the other thing i wanted to bring up i did a guided trip with chad Harmon in ohio earlier this year as well kellen and i and uh if anybody doesn't know chad he guides in ohio ohio musky guide service uh chad is just awesome we had we, I, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard fishing as I did the day I fished with Kellen and Chad. We laughed from the minute I got on Chad's boat to the minute we got off. He's just a knowledgeable fisherman and he is fun to fish with. And we, we caught, I think we caught four muskies that day and we lost another four or five. It was just stupid. I lost a really, really big one right next to the boat in the figure eight she ate a mark king glide bait i had her on for a second uh i didn't get as good of a look at her as kellen did my friend kellen swears that that fish was 50 all day i know it was big i don't like to throw that number around when i don't put it in the boat but it was definitely the biggest fish that i lost this year that i saw i'll say that but that was another really cool uh, experience uh, fishing in Ohio with Chad. And uh, then, I mean, other than that, all I had for me, I, I had my numbers. I wrote them down just because I thought it was a little interesting. I don't know if any of you or anybody listening will, but I kind of put down my numbers from last year and this year quickly. And I wish I was able i wish i would have done a better job of keeping track of my actual hours on the water because i really don't know what those were at all i couldn't even begin to fathom <laughs> honestly but like owen talking about the time on the water book like i think back on that now and over the last two years i wish i would have kept more detailed notes and logs than what i did because i feel like it would be really cool but at the time all i really wanted to do was fish and but once I get home from fishing, the last thing I wanted to do was write about it for, you know, 20 minutes. I just wanted to go to bed or whatever. But uh, what I do have is like, so for this year, I, in, in my, in the tracker or myself reeled in, 
I've caught 64 muskies. Now, when I say that, I mean, oh, I've reeled in myself uh, or they were caught trolling on my boat. I count those towards my, that number as well. Like a fish that say Ryan caught trolling on my boat would be in that number is 64. What I don't count is any trolling fish that would have been on anybody else's boat. So I probably netted, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 20 more on other people's boats. But uh, there were 64 in the tracker this year. 17 of those fish were over 40 inches. And this was the number that <coughs> I found pretty interesting for me was that I, there were only six fish under 30 this year. So I was, I was pretty happy with that because I thought that was a pretty good number for the amount of fish caught that most of them were, you know, oh, at least over 30 and registering a bull fish. Uh, Comparing that to last year, like I said, obviously I know I fished a lot more last year, so these numbers are a little bit different, but last year it was 90 fish, Jeez. 16 over 40, so still only, I was actually one less over 40 even with that many more fish last year, and 12 of them were subs, so Although I caught less fish this year, I fished less. And I also basically, you know, I caught more over 40, essentially, and I cut the subs in half almost. So I thought that was a, a pretty good overall thing. And, and I'm pretty satisfied. I, I, I had a, I shouldn't say pretty satisfied. I'm very satisfied. I had a very good season. Looking back at the pictures, there's just been a ton of great memories and a lot of fun. And it was just, a, it was a great year. Uh, there were a few times where I got frustrated or whatever. And it's, it's kind of wild because you go back and you look at the pictures and then you wonder how you could have ever even got frustrated because there really were so many good days and, and lots of fish caught. But it's easy to lose sight of that. You go two or three times out and get your butt kicked. Uh you can get sour on this whole thing pretty quick. So sometimes we got to, you know, really take a step back and look at it and keep it in perspective. And it was definitely a really good year. Oh yeah. Now with, with uh, having the like better size distribution, did, did you do anything differently or, or was there any, you know, I mean, did you have like a, any techniques that you used to, to get better size quality fish or yes and i also think that that's probably again i i mean obviously i i know i fished less but that's i don't think that's the only factor uh in less number you know maybe less numbers than say last year but i did there's a couple things that i did this year uh differently than last year first and foremost i really tried to uh kind of narrow down where I'm fishing and pick you know more specific bodies of water to focus my time on whereas I mean I, I always fish the rivers I always have but I've, I've also kind of been a guy and I still am I like to go different places I like to just go see a new body of water go try a new lake because it's on the stocking list and I know there's muskies there even though I might in my head feel like I'm probably better off because I know the area just go to Lake Arthur or Pima Tuning or wherever I go somewhere where I have no clue and, and wing it 
uh, in the past just for the hell of it, because I just like to do that. I like to make it even harder on myself, I guess. I don't really know why I do it, but I do it. But this year I spent more time, you know, focusing on water that I felt like was going to produce bigger fish for one. And I also spent more time when it comes to trolling, I spent more time running larger baits than I have in the past. And I do think that was a factor as well. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think those are probably the two biggest things focusing on different bodies of water and uh, and running some baits that I think that I thought were going to give me a better shot at a bigger fish. That's uh, I do want to say that that is an interesting thing. I feel like, I feel like that's one way to target bigger fish is running bigger baits or baits that I don't want to say bigger baits all the time. Cause I know that spring bite can be smaller, but I don't know. It's hard for me to sit there and, and try to figure out how to catch a bigger muskie because I always feel like it's just whatever fish is going to eat that you're, whether you're trolling or casting, like you can't just easily pick, you know, a, a spot unless you find a big fish and you see a big fish and you know where that fish is at, like on a given time, like, like Tom going back to the same spot, you know, year after year and catching, you know, bigger fish. Cause that's a big fish spot. But if you don't have that, it's kind of harder to target it. So I, I don't know, man, I think that's a good recap. And I think, I think it was interesting. You put your numbers in there too. Because honestly, like guys that are getting started, like you fish, you fi do fish a good bit, Donnie. Like you didn't fish as much this year as you did last year, but you still fish a good bit. And, you know, those numbers I think are pretty in line with, you know, with where I would think we would be at. Like, I don't, I don't have anywhere near the numbers that you have. And I just know, like I get out maybe twice a month, if that. So I think that's kind of cool for people to hear that from like normal angler perspective stuff. Cause you know, when you hear guide statistics, it's one thing, you know, but we're not guides and they're on the water every single day. So, you know, 250, 300, 400 fish in a year, you know, that's not what we're going to run into, you know, just from right. being out there. So I thought that was good. Now, what, Owen, you want to wrap us up here? We, we, uh, anybody have anything else to bring up? I don't, uh, you know, I don't think, <clears throat> much i don't have have much more to wrap up other than you know i'm starting to get questions about you know shows coming up with we got and we haven't had a musky max show since 2020 now and so i've gotten a couple of messages from uh loyal listeners of ours you know just about kind of what to expect and uh you know just so I, I think it's, I guess it's just worth noting that, Hey, Muskie Max is coming up. That is going to be in March. What is it? March 7th and 8th or something like that. Uh, and it's going to be at the Prince scape arena, which is in, uh, what is it? Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, South point, the South point complex. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm putting together baits. I have not decided on what exactly I'm going to be making yet in terms of details of like blade sizes and whatnot that was actually one of the questions was am i gonna have staggers and the answer is yes i'm gonna probably focus more on staggers than than like the double tens and stuff like that i'm gonna have 
try to have some some different options but uh i am really looking forward to it hopefully some of you guys are going to be at the booth with me uh, hopefully tom will be with me again uh all, you know the all the hunks are are available or are, are welcome to hang out at the booth it's my understanding i have a corner booth this year so i'm gonna have a little bit more room to stretch out and, and re- relax and and you know have people come in and you know last year or 2020 you know you're in such this confined space in one of those inside booths and you know it's 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 just hard to hard to kind of do everything so i'm looking forward to having a little bit more space and and being able to spread out and and really talk to people so i'm, I'm really looking forward to this year everyone can come watch tom cut his fingers off yeah no oh, sharp man. no scissors for me this year <laughs> i get the crayola scissors this year crayolas Anybody have anything else we want to bring up here before we go through our thank yous? I don't think so, man. All right. I got a, I got two thank yous I need to throw out there. Number one, we got to thank Larissa. Yeah, we do. All, all this stuff isn't possible without Larissa. Okay, so <laughs> thanks to Larissa. And I need to add, I need to add this one. We need to send a nice big fat thank you out to Kayla. Oh, okay. she's not here tonight, but she'll she, appreciate that. She's not here in, but she's here in spirit. So we're gonna send yeah. her a giant thank you for supporting the Musky Hunks podcast. Yep. Yeah. Also, wait, and, wait, hold on. There's another season highlight of mine. Oh uh, God, here we go. Real quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here's a season highlight. I am taking two of my friends ryan reed and mr pennsylvania monsters tom venata that was tournament time wasn't it tournament time time. these are my partners i got the ringers i got the guys we're going we're going to hit the allegheny river tournament we're going to become the boss we do some fishing we hit a couple spots we come back to the first spot of the day and what do my wandering eyes would appear but tom's girlfriend standing on the banks in the middle of the woods, nowhere near a road or anything, just Love on you, the, bank of the bank of the Allegheny River with a homemade poster board sign that says, let's go, Tom. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And all I could say is, Tom, you better marry that girl because she must really like you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, she told me that she was at that spot waiting for us and she watched us fly away up to the dam. So she was on her phone trying to find out how to park at the dam. Saw saw our little map icon coming back to that spot. And that's when she started texting me all that weird stuff. Like, turn around. Like, look to your lo-. I'm like, I'm having a stroke, I think. Turn like, around. I don't know what this girl's talking about. Every now and then. That's my number one musky moment of the year that was probably the most shocking moment for yeah me that was me. a good one i i didn't forget but i definitely think that needed to be a highlight oh boy All my, right, wife, so isn't show, my wife isn't showing up on the on the banks of any river to cheer me on i can promise you boys that i get no, text no. messages i get i get go ryan text messages yeah my wife lets the air out of my tires <laughs> <laughs> Donnie's wife changes the house key while he's home. Just you wait, just you wait, Donnie. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm All gonna right, boys. Say, 
Big a big thanks to Pennsylvania Monsters. Big thanks to Nick. Thanks to Swink Outdoors, and thank you to our only actual sponsor, Owen and Big O's Bucktails. There you so, go. Appreciate you guys. Had fun tonight. Looking forward to the next one. Guys, take care. All right, boys. Have a good night. Peace. Good night. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. Oh.